All right, all right. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Taz Show. Appreciate you guys um, jumping on right here, downloading uh, this episode. Going to talk some NXT, their debut on the USA Network. Going to do that in this episode here. Uh, thanks again for downloading this show. Maybe you're doing it at radio.com on the website or the app. Maybe you're doing it at Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. Maybe at Spotify. Maybe on Stitcher. Wherever you're pulling the show into your life, I very much appreciate it. It's very kind of you. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of content out there, a lot of podcasts that cover wrestling. I know you guys listen to other stuff. I know there's no loyalty. I understand that. But, uh, no, I'm joking. But I do appreciate you guys spending time with me. Uh, so thanks so much. So, like I said, that uh, was a big night. Uh, like I was alluding to, it was a big night for the WWE with NXT, uh, Triple H, uh, with his NXT brand. Uh, on live live TV um, on the U- USA Network, then they continued the rest of the show on the WWE Network. So I'm going to get into a little bit of it. Um, my thoughts and opinions are from it. But quickly, I want to let you know about. Uh, so when I put out, I talked a little bit about my what my opinion was of the best gimmick. Uh, the last podcast that I dropped, I think it was episode 703, if memory serves me correctly, I mentioned Orange Cassidy of, of AEW, and I said it's the best gimmick in the game today. Wow, this really created a lot of, I don't say controversy, but a lot of people with their thoughts and opinions on this. You know, uh, it was really kind of weird. Half the people agreed with me. The other half of people thought I was out of my fucking mind. Um, you know, and I understand that. Listen, uh, Orange Cassidy, that's my thing about this guy. He's a unique person he's a unique character he's a unique person personality listen what what i'm saying why he's the best gimmick in the game today yeah do i want to see more from him in the ring absolutely do i want to see more what he can do absolutely i know he's been working several years i get it but look at the gimmick the reason why i love the gimmick it's because it's so different okay it's because in today's day and age on the cusp of 2020 here in the year 2019 as we're on the roll into 2020 yo man it's fucking hard with all of the wrestling that's out there okay uh, on online on television what have you no matter what your brand of your your likes of wrestling are no matter if it's lucha no matter if it's japanese no matter if it's um, no matter if it's American traditional wrestling, you know, no matter if you're a WWE fan or an MLW fan or AEW fan or an Impact fan, whatever, Ring of Honor, whatever, the thing why I'm telling you is it's so difficult today for these men and women to be original. You have to really be innovative to think outside the box. So what many of the current talents do is they don't even fucking bother. They just borrow steel from, you know, personas and characters of the past. That's what they do. And and that lacks complete creativity. And as you guys know, that irks me a little bit. Um, I know it's difficult, and I, I, I believe in it's okay 
to steal and borrow from a couple of different acts and make it your own. You know what I mean? That I completely um, think is okay to do. I know I've done that on my come up when I was, you know, years ago, younger as an in-ring wrestler, as a young wrestler, you know, so my character was a potpourri of several different characters. I've been over it in the past. I'm not going to get into it right now. I have no problem with that, but some people just completely rip shit off from people and characters and personas and all this shit. Orange Cassidy's not that, that, not that guy. He's not. Orange Cassidy's straight original, dude. If he if he stole this whole bit from someone, someone let me know because I don't know. I've never seen it before. You know, with the hands in the pocket, the 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 lackadaisical, chill guy. If you 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 just research the guy and some of his matches, how innovative he is as a performer, as an artist, he's very very unique. That's what I love about the gimmick. That's what I love. Am I saying he's the best in-ring worker? I didn't say that. I didn't even imply that. I don't know much of his work just yet. I've watched him work enough, bef- you know, outside of his AEW stuff, the little bit we've seen. But you, it's very hard to find a gimmick today that as is unique and different as his. You know, you know, I, I don't know. For me, like, okay, M- MJF, you guys know I'm a huge fan of MJF. Um, I consider him a friend, and the kid is doing great stuff, and, he, and he's d- done great stuff in MLW a little bit already with MLW, with AEW. He's been great, and he's going to be even greater once they're on TV every week. MLW, I'm sorry, MG, MJF will be a big star. But MJF, his character, he's his own. He's definitely his own, but it's definitely, and I'm not knocking the kid. I love him, but it's elements of other things, you know, from other talents that I've gotten over with that type of real real dickhead type heel, you know, rich kid type gimmick, you know, um, you know, we've seen a lot of it. I mean, as of recent times, like EC3 type thing when he was in TNA and all that. So there's elements of that. That's fine. But MGF makes his own. So that's why I can't say the best gimmick in the business today is, is MJF because MJF it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a gimmick that that's not ultra, ultra original. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's still a fucking man. I love him. Orange Cassidy is so unique. Um, someone said to me, well, how about Velveteen Dream? Well, look, you guys know I'm a Mark Velveteen Dream team, uh, Velveteen Dream also from NXT. But look, it's, it's, it's told the gimmick is totally, totally, uh, totally, I should totally, I should say, take three, um, a poll, which is okay from Jimi Hendrix, the late, great Jimi Hendrix, one of the greatest guitar players of all time and other elements that are in what Velveteen Dream does. And it's great. What he does, <clears throat> what he does is awesome. And he fucking tore it down. Um, and we'll talk it into it in a bit here um, on, on the NXT show against Roddy Strong for the North American Championship. Now, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm defending because only because, you know, there was just we dropped the podcast a couple days ago on episode 703 talking about Orange Cassidy and I'm defending it and I stand by it. He is, in my opinion, you could have your opinion. That's fine. But my opinion is Orange Cassidy, the best gimmick going today. I don't care what anybody else says. That's anybody else's opinion. You're all entitled to your opinion, as am I. I feel I'm right <laughs> and I stick, I'm sticking by it. And it's that simple. It's very, very simple. Wow. Already we're just getting rolling and already it's, I'm, I have a little bit of a paunchness going on. This is interesting. This is slight concerning. Just kind of giving my open, open monologue. There we go. Getting some water. Oh yes. Hold on. See, that's what I was trying to do the other day. 
Okay, that whistle, that's not feedback. That's not your podcast. That's not an audio issue. That's fucking my water bottle. Listen. Bro, what a fucking rip. Listen. Oh, Brian's getting mad. He said, don't do that. Uh, yeah, so it sounds like feedback. Stop. I just forgot to share that with you. All right, anyway, so uh, let's talk a little bit about NXT. So, um, I don't want to get my water bottle. Straighten my schnabel on my fernum on my burnum. Uh, la, 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 la. Hang on. We got the water gimmick. All right, good. I almost dropped the bottle on my schnabitz. That's never a good sign. Uh, so look at man. They really, uh, they had a great night, uh, WWE. There's no doubt. Um, you have to you tip your cap to them on the live Wednesday gimmick of the debut on the USA Network for the for NXT. And, you know, I like how they started off. I would have started it off a little differently, but I have to explain all that. Okay, so for those that don't know, they started it off with a fatal four-way match to decide, you know, who's going to go after Shayna, who's going to compete against Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. So whoever obviously wins the match would be the um, who would be the number one contender, as I said, for the uh, you know for the women's title. So if most of you guys know Candice LeRae won the match, okay, and, and it was a great match. It was great. Um, uh, you know, Shirai, Mia Yim, Bianca Belair. I mean, it was it was a great match. I'm a huge fan of all four of these ladies. Bianca Belair, I love her. For sure, I think she's awesome. I, I really, I'm a big fan of hers. I'm a big fan of Candice LeRae also. Candice LeRae also. Oh, all four of these girls. I mean, seriously, it was it was a great match. It really was. Um, I think they started to show off like the first music you saw was Io Shirai, which is cool. It's kind of young. It feels energized. You don't know who she is. They have like Asian writing on the on the video wall. So it's kind of it gets your attention, which I thought was nice, which was cool. Um I, I if you're gonna start with any of the girls, maybe instead of Io Shirai, maybe Bianco Belair, because she has such an energy and she's a such a great look and she's a tremendous talent. That would have been a good way to start it too. But let me just back up a tad. The very, very top, top of the show, cold open Jones type thing. It was very cool what they did. Triple H, I wasn't surprised that he started the show. I mean, you know, it's that's the gimmick. He's the face of it and all that stuff. I, I'm I'm on the fence on that because I think let's make it about the talent, you know, and then he's backed off of that a little bit, it seems. So, but I do think in this case it was smart what he did. Um, and I, I liked his on camera and the close up shot of his face and stuff. And he cut a live promo and it was very cool and slick what they did where it looked like it was a pre taped promo, but it wasn't, you know, he fucking pushed the curtain back and there was the audience there in Orlando at full cell university. Very cool, uh, way to start the show slick way. Uh, it felt also very aggressive by triple H and you could tell, and I'm, I'm going to put him over. You could look in his eyes, and I'm going to be blunt. I felt like he was talking directly to AEW. I mean, I I mean, I have to give the man credit. He's always been great at cutting promos. There's no doubt. But he, yo, I've done this um, where you have to cut a promo. You really got to get in the zone, and your eyes, and this is going to sound fucking wacky, and I don't care if you get it. Great. If you don't get it, I don't care. You really can tell a story when you get real good at promos, at cutting a promo, with your eyes. Your eyes can really tell it. I'm telling you right now. 
no matter if who you think, if this is a war or not, which I don't think it's a war. I don't think it is. I, 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 I think that, that the only war, the only battle that AEW is in, the only opponent AEW has and should have is their, themselves. They need to compete against themselves every week on TV to get to do great stuff each week. That's what they need to do. And I think they're going to do that. They just need to stay focused on that, in my professional opinion. WWE is different. WWE, in this case, NXT with Triple H, they have a target. And we, we're not shocked on it. Triple H can say what he wants on conference calls. Looking in his eyes, his eyes told me the story. His eyes straight told me the story, and I'm not shocked. His eyes were looking directly at AEW. It's a fact. I promise you. I don't give a fuck. No one told me nothing. No, I don't talk to shit. I don't talk to nobody. Okay? These people steal my catchphrases. They they rip my shit off. They, you know, and they, and they ignore me, WWE. So I have nothing reason to put them over. I'm letting you know, like it or not, Triple H's eyes told a story. That opening on camera of him, he was looking directly at AEW. He was. He is in, they are in his, Triple H's crosshairs. The eyes told me. And I'll tell you what, for TV, it was it was good. Because it, even if you're not like a fan that you don't know what's going on here, meaning like you don't know that there's potentially a Wednesday night battle that could happen or whatever, and you don't you're not too familiar yet with AEW and TNT and all that, you'd think it was wow, it's just a really cool, mean, aggressive Triple H promo. All right, that's cool. Hey, I remember Triple H, I like him, that's cool. Oh yeah, the game, yeah, I remember him, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and she's like, Oh wow, it's fucking badass. Oh yeah, he kind of runs this whole uh, this whole thing for WWE, this NXT thing. I'm speaking like I'm a casual fan that doesn't have WWE Network, that usually watches Raw and or SmackDown on USA, and they're like, oh, shit, wrestling's going to be on Wednesday. That's pretty badass. I always talk about this casual fan and that they don't know about all this other stuff. There's a lot of them out there, guys. Believe me, most of them aren't listening to my podcast because usually people listen to my podcast are more hardcore wrestling fans. But keep in mind, no matter how close you are as a fan to wrestling and believe in wrestling, which is awesome to be that way, realize that the bulk of the people that are out there for public consumption are not hardcore fans. So, you know, when they see this Triple H promo, they, they remember Triple H, just, oh, this is pretty cool. And then he gets your attention and then they, they go into the arena and stuff. Um, you know, and I, I think it, it I, I think it was cool if we just fast forward for a sec now. I I do think it's cool that they did the first hour live on USA and then the second hour live on the WWE network. Um and they did something really, really smart and cool and simple, but yet very smart. Um, so smart. Uh the second hour, again, just jumping ahead, just bear with me. The second hour on the WWE Network with a f- at the top of it, kind of coming right out of the stuff we just saw with Roddy Strong and and, and the Undisputed Era and all that stuff with Vel- that he just Roddy just beat Velveteen Dream to come the new NXT and North American Champ, and they come onto the USA Network. I'm sorry, uh, on the WWE Network with that, and they do a quick recap, and the announcers did a good job on this. They do a quick recap of the bigger things that you missed on the USA Network, like um, Candice LeRae, you know, uh, uh, coming out. and I'm sorry, Candice LeRae running the Fatal 4-Way, and then Shayna Baszler kind of confronting her, 
you know, right there on the stage and stuff. They, they, they hit that to let you know about that. You know what I mean? They, they touched on the important stuff, which I think is very, very important because not everyone has the USA Network. So that was very smart and very considerate and good piece of business by WWE and NXT and Triple H and his team to do what they did there. So that was very, very smart. Good job by them. Of course, there's a lot of people who don't have USA Network and, and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty badass and very smart that you did that. Um, so good job there. If I um, if I was going to start this show any different, and I told you, Shirai, her music and all that, that's cool. But if I was going to start any different, and it, it's kind of booking backwards here, I would have started it with, with the NXT North American Championship and come right out of the box live. Just an alternative... Okay, it's an alternative way of doing what what Triple H and his people did was excellent. Not knocking the shit. It was excellent. But I I don't know. An alternative would have been to kick the thing off with Velveteen Dream. Let me see this dude come out. He's got this cool, funky music. He's got this amazing gimmick. He looks so different. His physique, his style. He's a throwback, like I said, of a Jimi Hendrix feel. Let me see this guy come out. So now the casual fans are like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Oh, this guy's the oh, he's the NXT. He's the North American champion. Okay, got it. Wow, this is pretty cool. And then here comes Roger Strong, who's just a tremendous worker. And these guys, and they had an amazing match. And now you have them kick the show off and tear the motherfucker down. You know, now the only, I don't want to say negative to what I'm saying is, but now you can't segue into the WWE network with what Roddy Strong and and you know Adam Cole and company and Bobby Fish and stuff like that and O'Reilly, you know, and they segue into WWE network with that. But what I would have done is started with Velveteen Dream, start with the North American title. Okay, I have no problem with Roddy Strong winning the North American title, which he did in an awesome match. But then on the back end, instead of ending with the North American title, I would have ended with the way they started with the fatal four-way match. Um, and then have Candice LeRae win the match and then have the entrance of Shayna Baszler right on the stage and then segue out off of the WWE Network. I'm sorry, off the USA Network. You have the announcers send people to the WWE Network and now you come up on there with Baszler on the stage and kind of, doing what she did the same same way they booked it with Candice LeRae and all that kind of jazz you know that's how I would have done it just a kind of a reverse basically I would reverse on the USA Network the last the first segment last segment switch Jones that's how I would have done it just you know just um just just my opinion on it you know uh but look again no knock on what they did there I mean I thought like I said for for the most part I thought it was the USA Network deal the way they did it everything about it um uh, was cool. I want to talk about something that was done that had nothing to do with with uh, NXT during the NXT show during the, the one hour show. I also want to get into some of the matches from NXT that were on the US on the WWE Network, which were awesome. I want to get into one of my favorite matches that I've seen recently in NXT uh, that I really enjoyed a lot. So we'll do all of that right here on the Taz Show. Uh, it's a shock full of fun. Like I said, Hook Jones. When we come back, I'm going to tell you something that happened on WWE on the USA Network on NXT that was very smart and 
really slick and it's not cheap, but was done smart. All right, Taz Show. I'm Taz. Sit tight. Be right back. We're back here, Tash Show. Uh, yeah, so uh, we've been talking some NXT uh, that was uh, on the USA Network, the Live Live Jones, and the second hour they had on the US on the uh, WWE Network. I keep saying USA Network. I don't know why I keep saying that. Poofa, big mistake. By the way, at the top of the show, you know, you heard Bazanji do the normal open, and which I love Bazanji's. His audio has been part of his music's been part of a huge part of the Tash Show for a long time. This is not Bazanji hearing now, obviously, but. Um, I gotta tell you, I'm thinking of and talking to some of the people here at the team who've used Bazanji music for a long time and how awesome we love him. He's a friend of the show and we, he's having such success right now in the music world. I gotta say, I'm tossing around the idea with the people around here of maybe changing the open of the show, the audio, the music. So feel free to hit me up on Twitter. No, not Twitter. We'll put a poll on Instagram, IG. Put a poll on Instagram, Taz Talk, asking you people if that's something we should do and, and maybe change and always have that respect for the great Bazanji. But maybe just a change. We'll see. Right, anyway, so I told you something really cool happened during the NXT show on the USA Network that had nothing to do with NXT. And I think they did the same thing either on SmackDown or Raw. I don't think I covered it. I might have. If I did, I, re- I apologize. But they did this on the, the NXT show on USA and that was an AEW commercial, which I told you guys recently, that's something that's vital, very important to do by market-specific promo spots or just national spots. Very, very expensive to do this. This is something. Now, most of you guys saw the commercial, the AEW commercial that I'm talking about. You either saw it on, like I said, I know it was on either Raw or SmackDown. It was definitely on the USA, uh, it was definitely on the USA Network on the NXT show. Maybe it was on both Raw and SmackDown. I don't remember. I know it was on one of them, and it definitely was on the NXT show. This is not cheap to do, but it's so important. That is something that I told you guys recently when I was in TNA. That's something that I was talking to Dixie Carter about, and other people were behind the scenes. It's so important to try and do this to come up with the coin to buy uh, those national spots and pull in the WWE universe in quotes, the WWE fan base and let them see, Hey, there's a new, there's a new game in town or there's another game in town. Hey, we're TNA wrestling, whatever, uh, whatever the moniker was then. And we saw that with, we're seeing that I should say with, with AEW guys, that's so simple, so smart, but yet very expensive. But it goes such a long way. That's a big deal doing that. And when I know how serious the AW people are, Tony Khan and his team and Cody and stuff like that, um, uh, and the Bucks and, and Kenny Omega and, and, and the whole team, I understand how serious they are. And, and they're not playing fucking games. We know that. But when you start taking out those national ads, those are big, those are big deal. And I can't speak for other parts of the world. I, when you're watching WWE programming, if it's I, I live in America, so I don't know what's going on outside the world with promo spots. Feel free to hit me up somewhere on social media and tell me, hey, dude, they, I live in you know Ireland or whatever, and and you know what, they're running 
spots for uh aw during whatever smackdown you know just because I'm, I'm curious you know um so i thought that was pretty badass uh so i was talking a little bit about the um the matches you know some of the matches that i, I went through a few of them um uh, what they did on um on usa network you know they had they did do a deal uh what was it cameron cameron grimes okay and you know kind of southern boy jones you know that kind of thing and he worked with i think it was sean maluda i believe it was who i i think is a really good talent i like sean maluda um it was very quick match i mean just super quick deal with like a leaping foot stomp and and uh, cameron gets the victory i i, I felt it was I guess maybe they were tight on time. That's probably what was going on because they want to dedicate a lot more time to Roddy Strong and, and Dream's match, uh, Velveteen Dream. Maybe that was the reason why. Um, I don't know, man. I just felt like I, I felt like it was just almost like not almost a waste. It just was, ugh, you know, it's a tough deal. I, I, it, it, if I bet if they had to redo anything, maybe it was that. I don't know. Um, but then on the. Uh, one of the matches I talked about this going to break here on the Taz show. One of the matches that I loved, and this was on the uh, WWE Network, was Pete Dunne against Arturo Ruiz. And uh, I gotta tell you, dude, like I'm a f- huge fan of both these cats. Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight. We know a lot about Pete Dunne. You know, and he's a fucking good dude too. I got to meet him at NXT Brooklyn uh, when they did the big show there, and I went backstage. I was hanging out with some of the guys and meeting some guys, some guys I didn't know, seeing some old friends and all this shit. And then um, I finally got to meet you know him, and he, just a great guy. And um, I got to tell you, I'm I'm a, just a big fan of both of these young cats, both of their work, Arturo and uh, Arturo, I should say, and Pete, really. And it it was I just I love the match. I love the match. I mean, if I, this is a match, I would love to call. I mean, I felt like the announced team missed on so many calls of the physicality of the actual grappling and the jujitsu that 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 Ruiz was using, uh, you know, and some of the work that he was doing. But in defense of the announced team, maybe they're not allowed to do that. Who the fuck knows? But all as I know, it was a tremendous match. If you didn't watch any of it, just go see this match. (laughs) This was real good. I mean, it was definitely some good mat work early in the match. It was hard hitting. This guy, I'm telling you right now, man, uh, Ruiz is just uh, tremendous. His striking ability, the way he throws his kicks, his athleticism, his physique, everything about this guy, this Brazilian cat is a fucking stud. He is tremendous. Um, you know, I, oh, by the way, you'll get to hear a, a, a overuse of a term that and I'm going to toot my own horn toot fucking toot of joint manipulation is a, is two words I brought into business, the business when I was working on SmackDown and I would see stuff like that where someone was a, was taking advantage of someone's joint with a joint lock and stuff. And, you know, uh, the, the NXT, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, uh, Scream Jones. He does it all the time. Amaro um, Nile and uh, and Nigel. They do it. They use it all the time. Joint manipulation, joint manipulation, joint, you know, so it's it's theirs now, I guess. That's how this works. So am I being petty? Fuck yeah, I am. Yeah, you're damn right I am. You don't like it? Too bad. But this match was awesome. Tip my cap to the game uh, for hiring, having these two cats uh, right there on the contract. The guy, Arturo Ruiz, is just awesome. Pete Dunn is awesome. Love the match. 
Um, Pete Dunne won the match. Not a fan of how he won the match. He, you know, did the the fingers, break finger Jones, spreading the fingers, violent, vicious. Pete Dunne is a violent guy. That's his gimmick. And he had him in a hold of spreading his fingers apart. And that Pete Dunne got Arturo to tap out to that. Um, I'm not saying it didn't look realistic because it did. But the thing for me is I just think you got to protect a guy like Arturo. He shouldn't be tapping out. He shouldn't. Unless it's a built-up match, something that's you're being built up, and it's it's something big. His gimmick is he's a shooter. He's a fucking he's a jujitsu guy, you know. He's straight jujitsu Jones. I mean, he's the real fucking deal. I mean, and you got him tapping out to, to a finger lock, you know. I mean, I, I and there's no diss on Pete Dunn. I love Pete. You know that. I mean, he know Pete knows that. So I mean, like, I, I just don't think you got to have him tap out. There's another way you can get a victory on on him if you. I have no problem with Pete Dunn going over. I got zero problem with that. Zero. I love Pete Dunn. I just don't think that's the way to do it. I just don't think that's the way to do it. I really don't. Um, it just doesn't work for me, you know. So, um, but you know what? They're, they're both tremendous young talents. They really are um, excellent, excellent young talents. And, you know, that's kind of what NXT is. It's it's about, it's a younger feel. You know, it's just the way the talents are presented. I mean, and that's as an overview, again, just to backtrack a little bit, I'm kind of seesawing you a little bit. I apologize. But watching like the USA portion of NXT on Wednesday night, I felt, and I know most of you did too, a different energy than what we see on Raw and SmackDown. I know a lot of you people would agree with that. You felt the same thing I did. And there's a reason for that. Okay, it has nothing to do, nothing to do with, well, they got better wrestlers on NXT than they do on SmackDown and Raw. Bullshit. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing at all. The talent on Raw and SmackDown are awesome. (laughs) A lot of them have been through the NXT doors, so let's be honest. It has nothing to do with that. If you're getting pulled into that thing, well, the NXT guys and girls are better. You're a mock. Okay, that's you're wrong. You're being a mock. Trust me. It's. One of the main things is, is the 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 venue is the building. You're in a. I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of the full cell uh, arena, this little arena on this college campus in Orlando, Florida. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is, it's an intimate setting. It's an intimate building. It's a tighter feel. So that's one reason why you're feeling more emotion from the talent it oozes off of them easier through your tv through the cameras because it's a smaller building as opposed to them being in this big gigantic sexy massive arena you know when it's fifteen thousand strong there where it is whatever 1500 to 2000 people strong in a tighter building with a low ceiling it makes everything feel tighter and then the other thing that makes it feel uh, it makes it feel uh, more of a connectivity to the emotion pouring off the talent is the way it's shot, the production. It's a completely different production team than they have on Raw and SmackDown, okay? It's shot differently. It's it, And production is key in anything, not just wrestling, any, especially live production is so important in live mainstream sports or any kind of a live event from a concert to a basketball game. It don't matter the live element and how it's shot. It's not like, oh, this guy's a fucking producer. That guy's a director. He knows where the camera shots are. Let's just go. We have five cameramen. Oh, we're great. No bullshit. 
there's a lot of different things to how certain things are shot in the action in ring and whatnot. And I got to tell you, the way NXT shot, even their tape show, it always felt different to me than Raw and SmackDown. It's got to feel different. It's it's a different truck. It's different. It's a different production team. It's a different. It's it's from what I, my knowledge, it's not Kevin Dunn running it. Um, and 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 I, I, Kevin helped me a lot in my career. No knock on Kevin. He's done a lot for me in my career and given me a lot of opportunities. And and he has done amazing work every week for Raw and SmackDown. There's no doubt. But I got to tell you, the the NXT production is awesome. And I really felt as a viewer the energy from the talent um and i think it's because like i said of the venue you know and because of the um uh, and because of the the way the production was done um it was very 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 cool and it worked you know what i mean it worked big time you know so you felt that you felt that right away and that pulls you in so if you're a newer viewer you're going to you're going to need to do that uh you're going to need to keep doing that now on, I know AEW didn't have a show on Wednesday night, a live TV show, but let's say if you're AEW and you're you're pulling for AEW, um, you're going to have that. You're going to have that energy. You're going to have that feel. You're going to have it shot right. Uh, you're going to be probably in a big building, not a little building, but you're going to have the energy even though they're in a big building and because – the guy who's the executive producer in the truck running it knows what he's doing, has a completely different production style feel and shoot feel, shooting feel than Kevin Dunn. And that's a guy named Keith Mitchell. So Keith Mitchell is the, the guy running production for w, for uh, AEW. Now, I worked with Keith for a lot of years in TNA. Keith Mitchell, before TNA, ran production for WCW Nitro for a lot of years. Keith Mitchell ran production. I think he started with the Von Erichs, I believe, years ago in Texas. Keith Mitchell is, besides being a, just a great producer in the truck uh, and great to work with and work under, and I did that for a lot of years, like I said, in TNA. I never met Keith before until then. Um, he's also just a super guy. I mean, that has nothing to do with the energy of the wrestlers, but I just wanted to put Keith over because I like Keith a lot and I haven't seen him in a long time. And, and he's a great guy. And I loved working with Keith. He's just a sweetheart and he does a tremendous job. And Tim Wahlberg, from what I understand in AEW is doing the, the TV directing for AEW. Now, Tim Wahlberg, quick backstory on Tim. I worked with Tim for years in WWE. Tim um, used to alternate, live production on raw and smackdown with another gentleman by the name of current silfies um who's just a great guy great uh director for many years uh and these are the guys who sit next to kevin dunn now um tim Wahlberg um worked a lot of years for wwe um and and to those that don't know the director is the person who calls the camera shots so all the can he says which shots to grab while you're live He's got a, a, a mouth, a microphone with a headset, and every uh, camera person has a headset on, and he has direct contact to that camera. And they, they switch over. Camera six, camera four, let's go to camera three. That's what the director does. So Tim Wahlberg would be that guy for AEW. Now, Tim also, when he left WWE years ago, Tim then went and did uh, he was doing all live directing uh, for all the Baltimore Oriole games, baseball games. So Tim um, then left there, I believe, 
or while he maybe was double dipping, he was also working for TNA, you know, doing live production. I'm sorry, live producing and live directing for TNA. Point being, okay, in long form, I apologize. AEW has got some legitimate men in that fucking tv truck that know what they're doing so and i know how those guys shoot because i've worked under them in doing live tv as a color commentator so you're gonna get that energy from AEW, from their tv truck their talents obviously excellent to get the AEW roster so you're gonna get that energy i feel that you're gonna get on wednesday nights listen i don't feel this is a war you know nxt versus AEW on wednesdays i'll tell you what though it's gonna be fucking pretty badass as a wrestling fan you could flip back and forth. You could TiVo one or whatever the hell you're going to do. I don't know. You're going to have options. That's for sure. And I think both shows are going to be really good. So, you know, it, it's 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 a fun time. We're on a cusp of here just in a few days or a week or so, whatever the fuck it is, uh, you know, with AEW and NXT. <clears throat> I know a lot of fans want to jump into, like I said earlier, with this whole, it's a war, it's a war on Wednesdays, AEW versus NXT. I, I, AW, like I said earlier in this podcast, AW needs to compete against AW, in my professional opinion. Don't worry about what NXT's doing. Do your own thing. Don't get sucked into that type of thing. Do your own thing. They have a structure set for so many years and years and decades with WWE programming and stuff like that. And with the talent that's been there for years, just in NXT alone, don't don't futz with that, man. Do your own thing. That's my free, you know advice that's how i would handle it i because i, I want to see aw aw do good man don't don't get sucked into that other shit just just you know do your thing that's how i i look at it so uh what was i gonna say back to some of the stuff oh um oh on the uh on the ww network with uh with um with nxt sorry i drew a blank they did uh they had Leah Rush had a long match with Oni Loka, and it was a real good match. He also did stuff before that. I should have brought it up with Kashida. Kush, Kush, he he kind of got in the face of the, the big man, the WWE UK champion, Walter and Imperium. Uh, Kashida was supposed to work with, I can't remember the young man, man's name, Kitty was supposed to work with, and they came in the ring. I should have wrote it down. My bad. That's a bad. Oh, Denzel. Denzel something. <laughs> Join a blank. And uh, and then uh, the Imperial came in and, and beat the heck out of him. And then uh, Walter cut a promo. And then um, and they, they established who he was and stuff like that with everything. He had the, the UK title, blah, blah, blah. He's a big man. He's got his guys with him. And then Kushida came out and got pissed, bumped them around a little bit, got out of there. It was pretty cool, and it looks like they're going to do something with Kushida versus Walter. You know, typical big guy versus little guy, so we'll see what happens with that. They did also, like I said, Leo Rush had a long match, and he beat Oni Loken, uh, and uh, uh, became the, he's the top the top guy now to go against the Cruiserweight champ, Drew, Luke, uh, Drew Gulak, I should say. So a really good match. This, this Loken-Rush match was actually really, really good. So um, seems like maybe Leo Rush is in good graces again with WWE. And with NXT, you know, remember he was the guy that was managing uh, uh, Bobby Lashley and stuff like that. Um, and so then they closed it out with a, with a big street fight deal with, with Killian Dane and Matt Riddle, uh, and it ended like wild. It was really no winner, no winner crowned, and it was just a wild fucking brawl where so many talents got involved backstage. Um, you know, and it just became a big brawl that ended up out in the arena. 
it was wild. It was exciting. It, it reminded me of some ECW stuff back in the day where this kind of would end like that, where everybody kind of got involved. It was just a big fucking uh, brouhaha, as the old expression goes. It was good. I mean, so, yo, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed uh, the NXT deal for sure. I thought it was great. I thought they did a really, really good job. And it's going to make for a very, you know, a very interesting um, – you know, a very interesting Wednesday nights. It really is. And and I think it's great. I mean, I really do. So, it, look, at the end of the day, for me, me personally, as long as wrestlers are wrestling and working and applying their craft and stuff like that, it, it, it's they're getting a chance to make their money. They're getting a chance to to show us, the audience, what they're doing, what they're capable of, and all this other stuff. So, to me... That's great. That's what it's about, you know, uh, because it's it's a very difficult job and career choice to make it as a, as a professional wrestler. And it's so nice to see this boom in the wrestling business that it's everywhere, you know, and it's just going to be this fall going into winter. There's going to be so much wrestling content for people to pull in. It's just great all the way around. I love it. I think it's awesome. So I'm happy for everybody involved. Babyface Jones, that's me. Buy a fucking hat and subscribe to this podcast so you don't. Okay? If you didn't already, because you're a jobber if you don't. I'm Taz, you're not. Take it easy. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same Cause we've been doing our own